0: Good morning and happy Monday, discos. Welcome to our new weekly advance mini episode, the first communique of the week between you and yours truly, the place for us to set the table for everything we're going to be discussing and listening to this week, specifically this week's full episode of Disgraceland on Aerosmith coming tomorrow, as always, on Tuesday, as well as any and all music news relevant to Disgraceland and its many subjects. And, of course, this is where we start the conversation that we continue over voicemail, text, social media, and in our Thursday bonus after-party episodes. All right, it is... Aerosmith week here in Disgraceland. Aerosmith, as I'm sure you know, burst onto the scene in the 1970s, and on December 6, 1979, singer Steven Tyler collapsed on stage with a seizure. More on that in our full episode on Aerosmith. The number one song in America on December 6, 1979 was No More Tears, Enough is Enough by Donna Summer and Barbara Streisand. And the number one song in America today, the day of this recording, is still, once again, Morgan Wallen's last night. And Morgan Wallen made some news this week, or his dog did. Rather, his his ex's dog, actually the mother of his two year old son, his girlfriend's great Pyrenees named Legend, bit their son Indigo in the face. Uh, this news broke on Father's Day. Happy Father's Day, Morgan. Uh, the ex couple's son had had stitches. Uh, word is the kid's okay. No telling on what's going to happen to the dog, but back to Aerosmith. They recorded the song Walking the Dog and released it on their debut self-titled album in 1972. And this is, of course, the legendary early rock and roll composition by Rufus Thomas. It's been recorded by Countless artists, you've heard this song a gazillion times, even if you think you haven't, I'm sure you have. Everyone from the Everly Brothers to Green Day has recorded this this tune. Um, You know, I love this song, I guess. I did at one point, I think the Otis Redding version. Is there an Otis Redding version? Maybe just equate Otis Redding with this because of Rufus Thomas. How does that even make sense? I don't know. Um, But I've known this song forever, and... You know what? I'm fine. Never ever hearing a version of this song again, even the original, the Rufus Thomas one, as good as it is. Uh, except maybe the Jason. Now I'm thinking maybe the Jason and the Scorchers version. Maybe I could hear that again. I don't know. I'm digressing. There, there are no doubt countless rock and roll songs about dogs. Walking the dog being the famous one, and it would be interesting to dive into this topic. Or actually, it wouldn't be that interesting. Uh, I want to peel the pop music onion back just one more layer here. Walking the dog again, written by Rufus Thomas, recorded by Aerosmith and a gazillion others. Walking the dog—the phrase "walking the dog" is a euphemism for sex, just like you know, knocking boots or shagging or whatever. Whatever pick your, however you want to, whatever euphemism you got for for doing the fucking wild thing. See, there's another one right there. Um, <clears throat> I could ask, what are the best? rock and roll sexual euphemisms that could be a question we could get into song titles um what songs from rock and pop history best or most hilariously reference sex in a coded way wango tango by ted nugent gross let's get physical by olivia newton john okay uh this let this list gets boring quick so i'm not gonna ask uh for sexual euphemism song titles but you can send them to me if you want uh the phrase, again, rock and roll, is in fact a euphemism for sex, and I find that to be hilarious. Um, and as far back as I can tell, rock and roll, the phrase rock and roll, was a rather raunchy way of describing sex. So, the question this week is, by way of Morgan Wallen's ex-dog, what what? is the raunchiest, most hilarious sex song on your playlist, 617-906-6638. There's two ways to go here. You can go all penthouse letters, Marvin Gaye, sexual healing if you want. And hey, that's cool. No judgment. Uh, The wife and I were just watching the I want to get freaky with you video (laughs) last night. Came on, uh, Excite '90s. That channel I watch. Song's actually called "Freak Me." It's by Silk. Uh, we were laughing at it. Tried pushing it to see how far we could watch it without our kids picking up on what was going on on the TV. They had no fucking clue. They're too young. Um, uh, anyways, we, uh, "Freak Me" by Silk. That there's a perfect example, right? That video is ridiculous. The song is ridiculous. So you can go that way too. You can go the way of levity is what I'm saying. Uh, what are the most hilarious songs about sex? Six one seven nine zero six six six. Three, eight. It's summertime, people, officially. Paul McCartney asked the question, why don't we do it in the road? And I'm asking, what are your favorite songs about sex because of something Morgan Wallen's ex-dog did? And man, oh man, we really need a number one artist for the sake of these episodes. 617-906-6638. Voicemail and text me with your answers. Wrong answers are, of course, encouraged on this one. And uh, the answers, as always, will be in this week's After Party episode. Okay. Elsewhere... In the world of music from the perspective of Disgraceland. Very little this week from the world of Disgraceland artists in the news. Uh, Glenn Danzig from the Misfits, who we covered a while back. He's got a birthday uh, a couple days ago. No word on how Glenn spent it. How do we think Danzig celebrates his birthdays? Does he uh, does he hit up the local Chuck E Cheese, have a party for himself? Maybe he heads over to the local Hooters. Maybe so. Maybe Danzig is a Hooters guy. Um, I don't know. I doubt it, but I like imagining that Danzig just fucking rolling into Hooters, sitting down, ordering a hot dog and a beer. Uh, is that what you order at Hooters? I don't know. I haven't been at Hooters in like decades, and I've only been once, and uh, it was a scene, man. Uh, anyways, uh, maybe though for Danzig, maybe it's a quiet night at home with a with a. Black cake and black candles. Does Elvira come over to Danzig's house? You know, maybe she sings to him in a sultry Marilyn Monroe voice. Uh, I have so many questions about how Danzig celebrates his birthday. If you have any, if you have any idea of how this happens, uh, <laughs> what the dark one does, uh, let me know. 617-906-6638. I'm going to ponder all this while I take a quick break and I will be back in a flash. OK, listen, if you're one of the few people out there who's new to podcasts, new to Disgraceland, new to true crime, if you have not already listened to the wildly popular and hysterically funny and informative podcast, My Favorite Murder, hosted by my friends Karen Kilgariff and Georgia Hardstar on the Exactly Right Network, then what are you waiting for? You got to check out My Favorite Murder. In each episode, they're going to tell you stories about infamous serial killers, cold cases, incredible survivor stories. And listen, these guys are wildly popular for a reason. They have an incredible chemistry, they're hysterical, they're smart as all get-up, and you're instantly going to feel like they're long-lost friends. They've got great new episodes on the subjects I've already mentioned, but they've got this whole treasure trove of back episodes, including well-known stories from true crime and music history, like the deaths of Sid Vicious and Nancy Spungen, the murder of pop singer Selena, and now the infamous story of The Cocaine Bear. I've known Karen in Georgia since the beginning of my sort of foray into podcasting. They've been heroes of mine. I was on their podcast in March of 2022 to share my hometown story about a prison break party that I attended in high school. Uh, And they told me it was one of their most popular episodes. So you can check that out as well. Listen to My Favorite Murder wherever you listen to podcasts. Brand new episodes drop every Thursday. Come join me and your fellow discos at Disgraceland, all access by visiting disgracelandpod.com slash membership. Okay, we're back and this week in Disgrace Land Subject History on June 27th, way back, way back in 1965, nearly 60 years ago, Johnny Cash got wasted and accidentally burned down 500 acres of national forest in Northern California, killing nearly 50 condors. That's a bird. It's the type of bird that at the time was on the endangered species list. Um... I'm going to resist the urge here to make a dad joke about Ring of Fire, but, you know, Johnny Johnny Cash famously or infamously said during court to his judge, supposedly, as the story goes, that uh, he didn't understand what was going on, why there was such a big deal about all this, and that he didn't give a damn about those quote-unquote buzzards. Um, it was a different part of Johnny Cash's life back then, uh, before he cleaned himself up, and uh, yeah, anyways, that, uh, that happened nearly 60 years ago, June 27th. Uh, you want to hear about it, you can go check out the episode that we did on Johnny Cash a while back. It's there for you in the archive go get some. Uh, From the world of music and true crime right now, rock singer Michael Travis Leak of the band Catch the Night. Uh, You probably haven't heard of this guy. Maybe you recognize him from an episode of Anthony Bourdain's uh, Parts Unknown on the CNN channel uh, from some years ago. This dude, U.S. citizen in a Russian band, And by all accounts, is fucked for selling drugs, uh, a drug that I've never heard of before called methadrone, over in Russia, arrested with the intent to distribute. Uh, He faces 20 years. He's uh, locked up in the gulag or whatever the hell they call it over there. And uh, yeah, it's not looking good for Michael Travis Leake. Uh, I don't know what I think about this and I'm gonna reserve judgment until I hear more about it, but I have a feeling this story is gonna get uh, crazy and or sad really quick. Sucks. Uh, all right, okay, he's not a musician, but his parents were. Ike Turner Jr., the 64-year-old son of Ike and Tina Turner, was recently arrested on cocaine charges. Crack cocaine, damn man, 64 years old in crack. I feel for this guy. His mom just died and he's obviously an addict. I'm not obviously, I'm guessing he's an addict. And uh, yeah, we got an Ike Turner in the news again getting arrested. Ike Turner Jr. Hope he gets some help. 48 uh, year old Seth Brooks Binzer, AKA Shifty Shellshock, otherwise known as the singer of crazy town. Come, my lady, come, come, my lady, be my butterfly sugar baby. That dude was arrested for DUI. And that's not really the news here. The news is, have you seen this fucking guy lately? See how hard he looks? Face tattoos, bald, still got that librette, but it looks totally different now. Uh, yeah, anyways, uh, DUI for Mr. Uh, Shifty Shell Shock. Give that give that guy a Google image search. Uh, and check out that mugshot. All right, and other non-crime-related music news. Last week, we talked about the 50th anniversary of hip-hop. And uh, Billboard magazine is releasing a list of the top 50, quote-unquote, hip-hop rap groups of all time. Uh, not rap artists, okay? They've released so far uh, uh, from, from 50 all the way down to 10. They're pre- presumably revealing the top 10 hip-hop artists, uh, the top 10 rap groups, shortly. I'm not going to read you the whole list, but I do want to discuss... 10 through 20, because the list is eyebrow-raising. Now, keep in mind, this is rap groups, like I said, and not hip-hop artists. And this is all done because we've got the 50th anniversary of hip-hop that's coming up shortly. You're going to see a lot of hip-hop content, and that's awesome. It's good for all of us who love hip-hop. But here we go. Uh, So, notably, Sugar Hill Gang, 2 Live Crew, Ghetto Boys, BDP, The Far Side. None of those groups cracked the top 20. OK, uh, I know they're they're not in this list of 19 to 11, and I know they're not in the list of 10 down to the greatest number one rap group of all time because uh, they're already on the list and they're above 20, which is kind of fucked up. Um, I mean, just I get why the far side's not not a huge band. I think they're great. Huge group, I should say. Uh, but Sugarhill Gang feels like feels like they should be higher than uh, whatever, 27 or whatever they were. But anyways, let's do the list here from uh, 19 to 11, uh, from 20 to 11, excuse me. Number 20, UGK. Number 19, G-Unit. Number 18, 36 6 Mafia. Number 17, Cypress Hill. 16, Beastie Boys. 15, Naughty by Nature. 14, Fugees. 13, Mob Deep. 12, Grandmaster Flash and the Furious 5. And 11, Migos. Migos! Migos over Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five, and the Beastie Boys, and Fuji's. Maybe this is just one of those moments where I'm too old to understand how big uh, the Migos thing is, but it does not feel like they should be bigger than the Beastie Boys. Never mind Grandmaster Flash and the Furious Five. But I don't know. Maybe I overly weight the sort of uh, godfathers and the more vintage uh, groups and their contribution than I do the modern stuff. And I probably do. I probably do. But this begs the question, who's going to be number one? NWA? They got to be, right? Greatest hip-hop group of all time, NWA? Is that who it is? Is it Public Enemy? A tribe called Quest, De La Soul. Who am I missing? Groups, not artists. Hip-hop groups, or as Billboard says, rap groups. NWA. I'm thinking that's number one. I am. I am. I am, just uh, just on impact and sheer talent. Does Body Count make the list? Probably not. I know. They're a metal group, but still, fronted by Ice-T. Uh, I'm thinking NWA is going to come in higher than Public Enemy, and I feel like there's someone modern here that I'm neglecting that's huge that should be in the top 10. But what's your number one rap group of all time? Who deserves to be at the top of the heap? 617-906-6638. Voicemail and text with your responses. I'll play the answers in the After Party episode that's coming up this week. And I'm uh, going to be back right after this with some answers and emails uh, from you guys that I'll be responding to. All right, back in the flash. All right, we're back. Let's do some emails, okay? This one from Jay Fillon message says, Elliot Smith murder or suicide episode suggestion? And that's all the the message is. And I got to say, this story, this subject, Elliot Smith and his death and everything connected to it, I've long wanted to get into this. But it's just one of those things that's so fucking sketchy. And I don't know how to do it without without upsetting a lot of people. So I encourage all of you out there who are interested in this story to do a little digging yourself and see what you come up with. And that will perhaps... indicate to you why I am uh, sus, as the kids say, as my kids say, anyway, suspect about doing this Elliot Smith subject as an episode of Disgraceland. All right. This email from Bill McClashen, it says Disgraceland slash Badlands mashup. Hi, Jake. Thanks for replying to my email. I haven't replied yet. I guess I'm replying right now. Uh says, uh, I'm a dentist. The Hearts of Darkness documentary was awesome. Thank you for the recommendation. For those of you who don't know, that's a... Uh That's the Apocalypse Now documentary. Uh, Let's see here. Bill goes on to say, I had a friend who was in both Apocalypse Now and the documentary. Wow. Uh, He's gone on to do many major roles since then, including roles with another friend of mine who writes screenplays and directs. The first movie he directed was A Night's Tale. Check out his body of work. It's impressive. It's interesting here, here, Bill. You don't mention your friend's name. Um, Both of these friends, Bill goes on to say, were involved in Mystic River. Great movie. Filmed here in Boston. My friend's latest movie was with Tom Hardy. Love Tom Hardy, playing the Cray Brothers in Legend. By the way, if you do rewatch 7 the first victim gluttony was the screen. All right, he's all over the place here um, goes into uh, best summer song we talked about this a couple weeks back white summer best summer movies stand by me the sandlot the way back days and confused kings of summer moonrise kingdom point break american graffiti greatest heist movie michael Mann's heat bills answering every question here uh, best baseball movie 42 also written and directed by his friend who he won't name shredding with shifty interview mark knopfler pete townsend warren haynes so uh, no go on a queen disgraceland i understand Bill says, how about Frank Zappa? I'm into that, I'm saying. And then Bill goes on to say, or guys I saw playing uh, kegger parties in high school? Van Halen. Bill's seen some shit, dudes. Uh, had a beer with David Lee Roth in a local bar once. Random meeting. He was a nice guy. Love your storytelling. Keep up the good work. rock roll. Thanks, Bill. Awesome. Email. You're all over the place, but I love it. All right. Uh, email from Casey Carlson. She says, uh, topic for an episode. Message. I've been a big fan, but couldn't listen when you went to Apple. Uh, went to Apple. You must mean Amazon. Uh, Casey goes on to say, now I found you back on Spotify and I'm binging every episode and almost caught up. I watched a documentary called The Killer Show about the station nightclub fire. I remember it happening and being in the news but never knew how 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 but never knew how horrific it was and how no one was ever really held accountable even though the fire marshal overlooked a lot. If you get a chance, to check out the documentary on Tubi. I think it'd make an awesome show It may need to be a two-parter. Yes, Casey, uh, this is something that uh, this is something that I wanna get into. I've always wanted to get into it and it's on the list. It's been on the list from the beginning. For those of you who don't know, she's talking about the station nightclub fire that happened in, I believe it was in Rhode Island. Or, uh, yes, not Massachusetts, Rhode Island. And it happened, I remember when this happened, probably 20, 25 years ago. After it happened, all of a sudden, all the shows we played and went to got a lot smaller because fire code started to be respected by club owners. Whereas before this event where all these people died in this fire at a great white show in, I believe, Rhode Island, uh, they just packed however many people they could into these clubs, overpack them. And, you know, dangerous is all hell, but if you were in a band, it was fun shit. You were playing, it was packed, it was sweaty. And then all of a sudden, everyone had room to stretch out. <laughs> um, but yeah, I shouldn't be laughing. This was a horrific event that happened and uh, real people were affected by it. And uh, yeah, I am going to do an episode on this at some point, Casey. So thanks for, the, thanks for the email. Ashley Vaughn writes in, love it. Hey, Jake, love the show. Love it. Been listening for years. Can't praise it enough. I tell everyone about it. Just a thought. Have you ever thought about doing an episode on drummer Ginger Baker? The stories are insane. Thanks for everything. A little listener from Wales, Ash. Ash. I don't know anything about Ginger Baker except that he was in uh, cream or blind faith. (laughs) That's bad. I should know that. Was he in both? Oh, man. Don't kill me when you respond, but get back and let me know. Give me an angle. On the ginge, all right? Uh, Tim Rusica writes in, Subject, Snoop Dogg music. Message, hello. I just listened to your Snoop Dogg episode from season three. At the 744 point, Jake is talking, and he ends with, in the lyrics, all gangster. What is the music that plays for about 15 seconds after that? It's great. I love it. I'd like to hear the whole thing. Who is that? Thank you, Tim. Well, Tim, that's us. And by us for that particular cue, I mean Ryan Spraker. Uh, Ryan's been doing the music with us since that episode came out back in 2019. um, That's when Ryan came on board for that season, which is season three. And that was the second episode that he uh, helped us out with the music. And prior to that, It was the Nirvana episode, and we were really figuring things out. And then we got to the Snoop episode, and we nailed it. And Ryan was even able to – Ryan lives in L.A. He was able to go to the studio, uh, to the Death Row studio, and create that music that ended up in our Snoop episode that you're talking about. How cool is that? Um, A little bit of info there that not many people know. All right. Uh, email me, disgracelandpod at gmail.com, and I will answer it here in these mini-episodes. And I probably answered too much there because we are going long on time, and I got to I gotta tighten these up, all right? Got to get to last week's prediction results, okay? Last week, I said that Morgan Wallen would reign supreme in the number one spot on the Billboard charts, and I was right, okay? I also said that Miley Cyrus would fall out of the number two spot, and I was wrong. She's hanging tough. Will she over? Will Miley overtake Morgan next week? You know what? I have no fucking idea. Do I really care? I not I don't, but I do. I like the charts. I like I like watching who's up and who's down. <laughs> I don't know why. It's. Uh it's like I don't play fantasy baseball maybe this is this is how I'm filling the void. I like the competition I guess. I don't really know why I just do I know it's kind of dumb but again I don't care. Uh, this week's predictions I'm just Morgan Wallen this dude he's I you know what I don't know anyone who listens to this guy but he's number one. you guys listen to Morgan Wallen I asked this a couple weeks ago and all I got were emails telling me that he was a racist. But who who is actually listening to Morgan Wallen? Let me know. The guy has been number one on the charts forever, all right? Uh, Nothing's stopping this dude. Miley, though, Miley, I don't think she's going to last in the number two spot. We shall see. Uh, I hope I'm wrong. It'll give us something to talk about. All right. Let's wrap up this advanced mini episode, all right? We've set the week. We're good to go here in Disgraceland. Number one. Get ready for Aerosmith hitting your feeds tomorrow in Disgraceland. Number two, I've got questions, and I'm looking for answers, people. 617-906-6638. Let's talk about sex. Give me your favorite songs about sex. Sexual euphemisms in rock and roll and hip-hop. The weirder and funnier, the better. Uh, Also, I want to know your top rap group of all time. Hip-hop group. Billboard calls it rap group. I don't like the word rap. I like hip-hop. Who's the top hip-hop? group of all time and who is billboard going to name as number one is it going to be nwa public enemy who uh also bonus points for any of you who can creatively come up with uh, a birthday party for danzig let me know what danzig is doing to celebrate his birthday Uh, you know i threw it out there was he going to hooters I don't know. Is he going to chuck your cheese? I don't know. Let me know what Danzig does on his birthday. 617-906-6638 with your answers on those questions. And let me know your thoughts on the Aerosmith episode and or anything relative to Disgraceland at DisgracelandPod on the socials and DisgracelandPod at gmail.com. Email me. Hit me hard, discos. Alright? Aerosmith this week on Tuesday. After party on Thursday. We're back on Monday with another one of these advanced mini episodes to kick your week off. And to land this plane, I am going to read to you the billboard charts from December 1979 in honor of our boys from Boston, Aerosmith, and away we go. Number one, babe, sticks. Last week, one, peak position, one, weeks on chart, 11. Number two, still, Commodores. Last week, three, peak position, one, weeks on chart, 12. Three, please don't go. KC and the Sunshine Band. Last week, four. Peak position, three. Weeks on chart, 17. Number four, Escape. The Pina Colada song, Rupert Holmes. Last week, five. Peak position, four. Weeks on chart, nine. Number five, Send One Your Love. Last week, six. Peak position, five. Weeks on chart, seven. Number six, No More Tears, Enough is Enough. Last week, two. Peak position, one. Weeks on chart, nine. Number seven, you're only lonely, J.D. Souther. Last week, eight. Peak position, seven. Weeks on chart, 15. Number eight, do that to me one more time. Last week. Quit talking and start mixing. Cut it.